0: One thing I know, success is all about momentum. In court, where you can win, you gotta believe you can win. But what if you don't? Huh, then you better fake it till you make it. The Lincoln lawyer, that what they call you? Some do yes. Why? They work out of my car. But that's not why you're here. Jerry Vincent left you his practice including the Trevor Elliott trial. It's that guy who killed his wife and her boyfriend. Allegedly. You checked out well.
1: high performing trial lawyer much better than Jerry, until you went off the deep end.
0: You took off at the dead night. Do you think dad's okay? Don't worry about him too, honey. Want our family back. Can we just take it one step at a time? Yeah. Someone's been following you. You're at risk. Somebody thinks you know something. So what is it? Where are you going? I think better on the road. There's something really weird going on here. I'm missing something. Don't ask questions you don't want answers to. You need this just as much as I do. This is your one shot. So you better take it. Everybody lies. Even the best liars give themselves away. People are dead. Maybe you and I are next. Are we bringing the dog every day? He's still getting used to me working away from home. the house
2: with everybody counts co-host mike martini welcome hello everybody
1: thanks for having me again or, or thanks for having me on again it's been a no, while I'm good
2: all good <laughs> yeah it's long time coming and uh, uh a show that is part of michael Connolly's universe but a separate uh fictional adaptation it is the one the only lincoln lawyer show just wrapped its second season on netflix <laughs> Uh, to, a
1: very, to a very good reception, if I'm not mistaken, as well. So <laughs> yeah,
2: anyone who I've seen kind of just not smack talk it seems to just like not be into these kinds of shows or just didn't stopped after two episodes. But I don't know what they were watching.
1: <laughs> well, I know some people were kind of like, well, why did half the season drop? You know, or it's like, oh, we only get five episodes for season two, and it's like yeah, the other the others are coming. I like how they spaced it out a little bit. Even uh, Ted Humphrey was saying something like the uh, that Netflix approached him about it, and they just happened to have a nice cliffhanger right at the end of episode five. So right? he's like, yeah, let's do it, because they did the same thing with Stranger Things last year, you know, split up <laughs> the, what, eight or nine
2: episodes they had? The Those are the same people who so. would probably complain if it they go through it in one day, and now they have to wait. I'm like, well, yeah. I mean... What do you want us to do?
1: <laughs> well, I know what I do. I rewatch it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
2: Cuz
1: there's always stuff I pick up on the second or third time around. Right? Especially stuff with uh you can't predict. Well, it's, it it's that because um I know they've adapted like the same kind of you know, from Bosch, you know that you want to stick ma- true to the main story, but also has a few little twists or turns, or it's a different killer or something like that. Oh yeah. So there's there's always something different than than, than what it is in the books, and I like that little twist.
2: That's a good point. Um, so I uh, have you read uh, most or all of the books, or
1: I've either read them or been listening to them on Audible recently too. <laughs> there you go.
2: So yeah, I was very familiar with the character. Uh I had read some Bosch books, some of them uh, without even realizing, oh, that is part of the whole Bosch universe. But yeah, my, my research a while back made me just my mind was blown when I realized, whoa, oh, the uh, the the main Mickey Holler character is like the half brother of Harry Bosch.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh
2: who would have guessed it? Uh, uh there's many people who still seem to know it mainly from the uh, i think mcconaughey movie from 2011 um uh how would you say i mean it's apples and oranges but uh how would you say uh either portrayal uh illustrated the fictional character
1: well i think i think Manuel's doing a really good job with the with the role of mickey Haller because i know that they've mentioned in the books that it's more of the you know he was born in la but he was kind of raised up in mexico for most or part of his life
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: so they got the background there Mick, i think matthew mcconaughey i loved the movie when it came out and they made a few changes towards the end of the movie which i'm like hey that's a little more, more sexy <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: a little bit more sexy but it's like what was it uh where uh mickey Haller shows up at the doorstep with the gun when ross roulet shows up at the door you know that wasn't in the book but i like i'm like ooh, i like that because you see mickey Haller protecting his ex-wife and daughter from this you know serial killer and then with the uh motorcycle gang that shows up and and start beating the crap out of ross roulet and Matthew mcconaughey's you know character or mickey mickey haller says you know remember remember uh uh emergency room not the morgue or hospital not the morgue <laughs> you
0: know,
1: so make him hurt but don't kill him, type of thing there you go so it, it
0: was
1: uh, it was nice changes there and uh like like i said manual i think is doing a spectacular job with, you know, just because, you know, he's the main character. So he's going to be having the camera on him most of the time. Totally. But it's also... Hmm? Totally. Yep. Mm-hmm. So it, it's nice seeing, seeing the differences. But at the same time, when I've been re-listening to the audio books, um, I know Titus Welliver started reading the books in 2014. Oh, nice. So when I got to... Nice when it also. got to the crossover episodes <laughs> like uh the crossing the reversal you know titus didn't do the reversal so the bosch books that involve mickey haller titus kind of takes on that matthew mcconaughey sound you know hey bro hi bro <laughs> and stuff like that but it's like you so you don't really picture manuel saying hey bro Haim, when he's going up to griggs you know something like
2: that <laughs> you know it's. Um,
1: with the copyright issues, they couldn't have Bosch being in the show, which right. a lot of fans were kind of, you know, well, when when are we going to get Titus Welliver in The Lincoln Lawyer or <laughs> get Manuel you know, Garcia Ruf- Ruflo in uh, in Bosch? And it's like, well, <laughs> good luck—you have better chance of making World Peace than making that happen with Amazon and Netflix. You know, can you believe CVS passed on this? What would have stopped them from making this an addicting show? I know that's that's that, that was kind of weird when CBS passed on it considering
2: it's like that, they had a um, contract and then they're like oh we got too many shows we don't want to pick it up we'll take the yeah, hit. I know. It's like but at that time when they cut it I was saying I
1: was saying to my family and I think I even posted it on Facebook or Twitter it's like you know Amazon pick this up because then you get crossover with Bosch and the Lincoln Lawyer. Kind of you was
2: know, doing time, with the Jack Ryan stuff now where the John Clark Without Remorse movie is said to be in that same universe as the John Krasinski show. So yeah, it, oh, people okay. love crossovers. <laughs> yeah, crossovers. Also like uh, Dick
1: Wolf, well. the Chicago series. Absolutely. Right. Chicago Fire, PD and Med, Part and of they the even St. Elsewhere,
0: and... Oz, Law and Order yeah, universe.
1: <laughs> yeah, know. they always, they they constantly can cross over, and that I think a lot of fans are wanting that. But I like the separate entity of it all because obviously yeah. it's on two different streaming platforms so you, mm-hmm. you get what to pay for but i think uh the guy who they got playing griggs you know it's like the when i was re-watching the second season you know mostly he was uh griggs was known for saying fucking holler you know like it's like <laughs> almost like the lance reddick saying fucking bosh you know for that's uh, as much as they got a with the reason. signature <laughs> yeah exactly there's always that signature little line there so and i'm like so I think Griggs is Griggs is a nice nice addition to the the universe for the, for that show playing the role of Bosch.
2: Absolutely. I guess I'll do a breakdown of casting crew uh, before we hit it real deep. Uh, so this was developed by uh, Ted Humphrey, And as we mentioned before. CBS passed on it, uh, and uh, but either way, uh, it, it was created, and the showrunner was uh, David E. Kelly many have you know been immortalized by la law the practice boston legal and but yeah humphrey has no has his fair share of giant tv hits as well uh, the good wife the unit uh so many other just very short-lived but very illustrative sci-fi and mystery shows uh it stars manuel garcia rufo of uh, sicario 2 and magnificent 7 as uh mickey Haller, who yes is the charismatic You know, former addict, uh, criminal defense lawyer who drives his expensive Lincoln Navigator, (laughs) has Neve Campbell as a criminal prosecutor and his first ex-wife. We might know her from Scream. Exactly. (laughs) Joining Holler's staff is Becky Newton as Lorna, his second wife and legal aid. You might know Becky from How I Met Your Mother. Uh, mickey's driver is Izzy, a former addict and client is played by jazz Cole, who you might know from my wife and kids and jericho <laughs> and then you got his uh private eye uh, cisco who's also later marries lorna Ang- played by angus sampson of mad max fury road and uh fargo season two fame <laughs> and then, uh the list of clients includes Christopher Gorham as Trevor Elliott. You might know him from various DC animated movie crossovers. It and, uh, and also uh, Gorham plays Trevor Elliott, a video game developer accused of two homicides. And then his second client in season two is restaurant owner uh, and head chef Lisa Trammell, played by Lana Perilla, Once Upon a Time 24 and uh, uh, boomtown fame uh, you might also know her from spin city she's another chameleon who's been everything but uh yes uh Parilla's character uh, i can't read today uh lisa is accused of de- killing a real estate developer and from that point on there's plenty of other recurring uh, characters including mickey's uh soap opera uh actress mother uh his uh mentor and unofficial uncle uh David legal Siegel played by the great Elliot gold and uh knives out um uh Marlene forda as the judge Teresa Medina, who is very blind <laughs> and plenty of other uh actors as well where you're gonna go that guy oh that gal oh i, I that person mm-hmm. uh, The district attorney is played by Carlos Bernard. That's right. Tony Almeida from 24 plays Robert Sardone. Oh, man. You know, funny
1: Uh, funny thing about that. Okay, so I I was re-watching season one. This was four, three, two or three months ago, right? I was re-watching it Mm -hmm. because I was preparing for season two. And I'm at the episode where Cardone stops by Maggie's office where he's basically telling her she's being shipped out to Van Nuys. My wife walks in the room and she's like, Oh, that's Tony. I'm like,
0: What are you talking
1: about? His character is Bob Cardone. She goes, No, it's Tony Almeida from 24. I'm like, No, it's not. So I pause it, I bring it back, I listen to his voice. I'm like, Okay, I see. Yeah, she picked it up by just the voice just his voice he picked up that oh that, that's carlos bernard from he does 24. have a
2: particular voice so,
1: uh, yeah, my, so it's like i felt stupid because i'm like this is my third or fourth
2: time watching it through and it never picked up oh that's carlos bernard absolutely man <laughs> uh, he's been a very prolific guy he's directed various episodes of hawaii 50 and uh now the fbi shows uh but uh I, I dig how you get this kind of pattern where all these people who were on something like the Sopranos, ER, 30 something and you know, are now at the basically the third stage of their career and they're helping all these other actors on hit shows for networking the cable TV get comfortable and but yeah, the voice does kind of just resonate a bit. Uh, my mother would just recognize him instantly like we'd see something like that of secretary and like I bet <laughs> the tony <laughs> yep, exactly
1: so it was this kind of funny where the wife picked up on that where i was watching it and i hadn't even picked up on it. it's like uh sometimes you just you're too involved in a in a show where it's like you for you right look or overhear something so
2: oh totally uh and th- this was no slouch with any of the different actors i i recognize the uh, building inspector as one of the diplomats in Olympus' has Fallen. Uh, Bruce Davison was one of the judges. You might know him as yes. the melting senator from X-Men. Uh, I was blown away by uh, Yaya DaCosta from Chicago Med because it's like, oh, she's playing the opposing prosecutor, but I like how they got friendly rivalry, but when they're in the thick of the uh, legal arguments, oh, it's it's not pleasant. And <laughs> Um,
0: Absolutely.
2: Uh good call out to uh, John Tenney as Mickey Senior in the flashback. You might know him from Tombstone, The Closer and like every other fun movie or show, uh, but uh, I think the biggest surprise for me was uh there's another Bosch connection uh was Teddy the motorcycle gang leader Chris Browning. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, already played played that serial killer on like a season and a half of Bosch. I think it was like season 3 to 5. Kristen...
1: Preston borders in season five,
2: yeah. Right, so there you go, and he, he, uh, so it, it, he must. This must have a lot of the same casting department, but yeah. Uh, when when he he's like at the fifth stage of his career, because like when he started out, I would see him play like a henchman, but he didn't always have a line of dialogue, or an, he'd play a mm-hmm. cowboy. And then I think somewhere after '09 and '010, I'd start seeing him on just more recurring TV roles, and it's like interesting. So. I like how there's a mix of helping out the little guy, the semi-known guys, and don't get me wrong, uh, David e. Kelly does reuse uh, a lot of his uh, people who you're going to recognize from other stuff. Uh, Jamie McShane, another Bosch guy, uh, plays yep, the questionable go. detective. <laughs> you grievously saw him as one of the other uh, reluctant crooked cops on Bosch. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that he's gotten a star boost too, because... Uh, he's another one who's just been working. Now he's like at the sixth stage of his career. Uh, but the main David E. Kelly connections I thought was interesting was our main guy, uh, Manuel Garcia. Apparently he was a recurring role on Goliath, but I, I didn't recognize him for whatever reason.
1: <laughs> oh really? I I don't I didn't recognize him either in that. But also at the same time, once when I knew that Manuel was going to be a Mickey Haller, I looked up his IMDb profile. But I I just kind of scrolled through. It's like oh I remember I remember I, or. <laughs> I'd be like oh i like that show oh i like that show but i never went back to re <laughs> so, in right. fact going back to griggs he was also in Bosch. he played irving's brother-in-law
2: oh yeah and, uh, oh i'm shame on me for forgetting that oh yeah so detective oh, don't worry about it.
0: Uh, yeah Robin detective
1: griggs, griggs yeah if he plays uh, uh irving's brother-in-law in
2: seasons
1: was that uh three i think so Seasons two and three
2: yeah when he's running for like council and uh uh, Natari Mouin. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh,
1: yeah, I wasn't even going to take a stab at the name because it's like,
0: oh, that's <laughs> so.
1: but yeah, he was uh Irving's brother in law when uh, uh, so he would show up when when um Irving was going through the divorce proceedings and
0: absolutely been
1: told him that they should catch a game of golf sometime. And and that, I think that was the last episode we actually saw him, so I kind of like how they like again the same kind of thing where Bosch characters are switching over to the mickey Haller shows sure, so. right
2: give them each uh something fun to do um exactly well heck,
1: heck even in season two they had uh the the who played agent FBI or the fbi agent bremer or brenner played uh lisa trammell's ex-husband that pops up in season two oh. saying that he'd testify saying he'd testify for mickey just to let him know what to say and it's like no i'm not gonna do that you know. If you want to come and testify, you know, <laughs> do it. But I'm not going to tell you what to say. I'm not going to tell you to lie on the stand. Of course, he right. was only money. So, so Mickey just kind of kicked <laughs> him to the curb, saying, you know, just get the f away from me, type of thing.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah. quite a few
1: crossovers from Bosch into the Lincoln lawyer, but it's fun to see them. You know, see the actors getting work at the same time.
2: Absolutely. And to just see just these many. Mini- guy's just getting a moment to shine really he's just so intriguing <laughs> absolutely uh all together uh i must applaud uh just the way this is shot like the various la locations just give you a good sense of just the brooding suspense around the corner uh and the different sides of everyone uh, apparently uh oh, there was a great song that uh oh, that wonderful song. Um, uh, uh, I cannot speak today. Uh, that uh, so the Silver Sun Pickups had a new single and they premiered it in the finale for season two, and I was like, see, that was a perfect song pick because it it corresponded to what was going on. Like, yes, I change, I have layers. I'm like, see, that's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think
1: everything. Uh, I mean, season one was was a, I mean, a hit right off the bat. I loved the how they were doing the camera angles. There was two that I actually pointed out to Ted Humphrey on Twitter was the uh, in the pilot or the first episode. They kind of do the overhead shot as the link the convertible Lincoln is driving through an intersection. You get the overhead shot of the convertible,
0: and then, uh, later
1: on the season, later on in the season, they're doing like this, like slow. Ah, uh, spin around the courtroom. Not really yes. spinning around one person, but there was kind of like panning around the whole courtroom so you could see what happened. And in season two, they kind of reenacted that, where you go from Mickey Haller asking the questions of, I think it was either Lisa or it was on the defense side, where you go from Mickey asking the questions, it pans around, and then you see um, the uh, Andrea Freeman asking the, uh, questions of the same witness. So I'm like, you know, so they've really. I think I even pointed out to Ted Humphrey or maybe I've mentioned it on the uh, so many shows podcast for the Lincoln lawyers that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I really like how they've incorporated more of LA into season two than what they kind of were doing with season one. Absolutely. um, Yeah. What is it? The Sixth street bridge at the end of season two where Mickey Holler celebrating the victory of getting Jesus Menendez finally is clear, you know, right uh, we can't be retried you know they finally got the bad guy so he's celebrating there and the shots are over or as he's driving over the sixth street bridge
0: mm-hmm. and it was
1: like just a beautiful scenery i'm like boy next time i get out to la i gotta drive over that bridge you know <laughs> but even uh using the pedestrian bridge that's uh connected to the courthouse i believe
0: yeah uh,
1: you know that so it's so like true a little few more drone shots they got more shots like the navigator driving around uh, the cars its character too that's
2: so true and exactly you like so, i mean you gotta you gotta incorporate the lincolns into the lincoln line too well i was so, just happy that they threw everyone a bone here basically like uh bill de is pretty much he's worked with uh david e kelly since chicago hope days and was kind of one of the lead directors on boston legal for a while but uh I liked how there were some new names in there as well. People who had worked on everything from like Walking Dead to Reservation Dog type shows and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, minorities. And just like you say, the camera angles are just really vibrant and good at just bring, bringing life to it instead of being over edited or confusing. Like it's just, yep. it, it it echoes the mood that you're feeling in the room versus I'm not sure what's going on. You know.
1: Yeah, exactly, and they kind of immerse you with the the various camera angles as well, so which is nice, you know, cinema, cinematography or cinematography, beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, and in both seasons it was well done. In fact, I even re- reached out to Ted Humphrey on Twitter, obviously, but I reached out to him that had to when the, nice. when I saw the trailer for when I when he finished the five episodes, and you saw the the you know. Next month, you know, with the next five episodes, yes. there was they had in the trailer the shot from episode nine, where Mickey Haller is looking up at the skyline of lot of L.A. and you can see like the smog or cloud-covered <laughs> buildings or whatever. And I'm like, boy, that is a beautiful shot. So I reached out to him saying, you know, I really like that shot, and I didn't know. He goes, oh yeah. Uh, he, he responded back saying that he can't wait for people to see that episode because it was episode nine, which he also directed.
2: Oh, and that's right. I did see his name at the end of one. And yep. I, I he forgot. directed episode nine, but
1: also uh, another fun thing is he actually has a cameo in that episode. Does he
0: really? When,
1: yes, and I, I, I kind of picked up on the first time I watched it because you kind of see the camera pan as this guy is walking through the hallway when Lorna's kind of chanting something to herself, like the universe is working for me. The oh, universe I is remember. working for me. there's a guy who looked at her like, yep. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, the guy, the guy that's walking by looking at her going, what the hell's with her? That's Ted Humphrey. <laughs> so so when I saw that he had a cameo, I think Tracy Phillips mentioned it. So when I was rewatching, I'm like, okay, it was that scene where I, where I thought originally, okay, this has got to be a cameo of some sort. I just didn't look into it
0: at the time. <laughs> so but yeah
1: it's like so the shots and the and the scenery and you know immersing like you said immersing the the uh the viewers into each shot into each episode it's really fun thing to
0: do so
2: totally and i like how everyone's just like looking at each other instead of just the paranoid like angry glances they're like okay walk this way you know (laughs) The, the press is coming mm-hmm. this way oh we still need a moment to talk <laughs> time's up. Yep. oh man I, what,
1: uh, I know i'm kind of going all over the place too but that flashback oh, and <laughs> earlier in season one you know one of the reporters name is conley because michael Holl- hollard i know <laughs> yeah calls one of the reporters you know, or, or even says it by name it's like or he says something that's like you know and but yeah he calls one of the reporters conley and it's like if you were to look back at like pictures of michael conley when he was younger he kind of had the same kind of look you know goatee glasses didn't
2: he do some journalism briefly
1: yes he worked uh i think he did the work the crime beat back in the back when he first started getting going before he started publishing books so he was a reporter way back when and Sweet. And in fact, it took him like what is it? What is if I remember correctly, it took him like three, four years to write the first book. Even mm-hmm. so, you go from from that to having a book out every year. It's it's. I mean, but he also keeps really busy. I mean, he's had. Uh, I mean, so so he's make make. Ah, so it was the Lincoln Lawyer movie. Um, well, before that, it was um, uh, Blood Blood Work. Yeah, the Clint Eastwood he did. not yeah, but he didn't get a lot of time on set. In fact, I think he even said that he had to have like almost permission to even go on set. Sometimes, mm. you know, he had to have like, uh, had to give him give him advance notice of when he was going to drop by. And it is, you know, you think it's like the author of the book, you think you'd want his input on stuff, and that's you why.
2: <laughs>
1: that's why I never really cared for the movie, I mean, even the first time I watched it, I hadn't even read the book. I'm like, it's kind of, I don't know, campy or something. I don't know but
0: yeah i I,
1: cared for it then i when i read people saying oh the book's way better because the books you know it goes in more depth as most books do but also the the ending's totally different than in the movie
2: i would think so um, so, because the last part of that movie like just has clint eastwood just getting into random arguments with cops and i don't know why in any mystery movie you want to show part of someone's face as they're doing the murder (laughs) like
1: yeah exactly
2: and then there's no it's supposed, to be a, it's
1: supposed to be a mystery and suspense, <laughs> mm-hmm. but you know, like going back to so Michael Conley has been, you know, super busy, especially since Bosch has taken off because he's been working on that. And the last couple of years, it's been with the Lincoln lawyer, they're mm-hmm. shooting a pilot, which is why Nev Campbell kind of stopped being in episodes after episode six of season two.
2: I was um, wondering about that if she was filming a movie yep. at the time. <laughs> Well,
1: it was a pilot that uh, was based off of a Michael Conley short called Avalon. They shot a pilot on Catalina Island. It was supposed to take, it's like a detective on Catalina Island and a case that she's working. And I I love the premise, but when I heard that Nev Campbell wasn't going to be in season two as much, and then we get the first five episodes drop, I'm like, well, she's in every episode. Hey, they're flirting. (laughs) They're getting along. It's awesome. And then they stop flirting and she's pissed that he... You know that Mickey Haller had used her and Haley as a way to try to get Andrea off the case, and it's like, <laughs> but we but we were able to see her through all five episodes. I'm like, oh, this is awesome, and then the sixth episode dropped with the you know six through ten, right? And then, like I said, in episode six, they kind of sp- oh, no was it separate ways. <laughs> Journey starts to separate <laughs>
0: ways. <laughs>
1: exactly so then we don't see her after that and i'm like oh, okay so that's when that's when she was off filming that uh that pilot episode of for avalon which actually from oh, it's from last i heard i think they're still trying to shop it around to see if anybody will pick it up it's one of those that were filmed in the hopes of maybe cbs getting it or whatever i think it was cbs or something like that but i can't remember for sure
0: yeah
2: it wouldn't take much to just retitle movies and shows half the time these days and just ship them to Tubi, ship them to Hulu.
1: You know? Yep. Or just like what uh, they did with legacy freebie, you know, but it's obviously an offshoot of Amazon, but
2: so true. Yeah. Bosch legacy. Yeah. was there to promote that division uh, of Amazon. Um, yep. uh, so I think the biggest casting surprise for me was uh, judge Mary Holder, the chief judge of, la who's found in a scandal and played by lisa gay hamilton who again you know shot to fame on david e kelly's the practice and then she's been on plenty of other movies and shows including men of a certain age jackie brown some of all fears and the soloist and uh what did you think about uh that final reveal i don't want to give everything away but i mean it was just well, Insane that was season movie. one, so
1: that was season one, so I think we can spoil that a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um obviously, I read the books, so that happens in the book. What happens at the end of season one, where uh, Mickey Holler kind of goes or you know goes in the into her office and then confronts her, and she's obviously. You know, saying, I could end you right now, type of thing.
2: Right. And so,
1: I, I, so I read the book. So I, I but you never knew, you know, because you ne- didn't know if things were going to switch around from the book to the
2: show. And there's 600 layers um, to each mystery that you got to still dive into. <laughs>
1: like, dive into, but also they don't really show their cards in the Lincoln Lawyer. Cause
0: yeah. Um,
1: when it came to season one, where Mickey Haller thought it was when he was trying, where he was trying to get, um, jesus menendez menendez a new trial
2: yes uh character was in both the movie version and in this version and i liked how they carried it on to season two where they're like hey we still got to conclude this (laughs)
1: exactly i like how they kind of ended it ended it on season one with like the way they did because it's like well there's still a killer out there um so uh so it's uh, uh so mickey was told by griggs but you don't hear the audio but Griggs was telling them that um the detective that was working with Nev Campbell, Jamie McShane's character. Yeah. Or yeah, McShane's character was uh, was the one that had Lisa Perez go tell Glory Days to get the hell out of town or or they'll make trouble for it for the Jesus Menendez trial. Um So it's like, and then like with the uh, judge holder, it's like, uh, I can't remember if it was Griggs or if it, no, it was Cisco that found the connection between holder, her husband and the juror number seven, which turned out to be the killer.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Jerry Vincent. So it's like, you don't, you don't see the evidence. They just kind of, well, here it is, you know? So at the end of the season or at the end of the season one, you know, Mickey Haller's in the office and confronts Holder about it. And Griggs is outside the door with a pair of handcuffs for her. So,
2: on oh, the other people... lieutenant guy who had kind of just entered the, uh, you know, kind of let the restaurant owner gal kind of hang herself and then act like we got our killer. Uh, I was so used to seeing him on like two other procedurals recently, and same kind of deal oh, yeah. where it's just very much like McShane's character, where you're just like, man some sloppy police work even though some of these guys do turn out to be bad apples but then there's still some of the ones who are again like just this person could have gone away for a long time
1: yeah exactly <laughs>
2: wrongfully accused
1: <laughs> exactly and that that's i don't know how much of that is life you know because
0: <laughs> i mean yeah. there's
1: obviously bad apples out there and and in, in all walks of life police mm-hmm prosecutor oh, yeah. defense attorneys but it's like but it's also a fictional books you know fictional show which and it kind of makes you think a little bit at the same time so
2: if anything it just makes you on the lookout for stuff when it does happen in real life like i saw there was like a report i think earlier this year where there was like some fbi informant who had been at some blm riots causing chaos and it just sounded like the whole thing where this was off the grid and not well thought out and this guy was doing more harm than good and i was like man this sounds like a bad episode of fbi or 24 and then yeah really on this uh with the attorneys i mean i look at the sh- the power tv show franchise on stars which is edgy and everything and there's you know so many different career criminals who have a legal business as well as attorneys who some of who are breaking the law just to put other bad apples away even though they're also bad apples. So I mean it does bring in just so many truths that I mean Ray Donovan kind of did that where they were mocking uh celebrities who don't believe in what they claim to represent and shady business managers and talent agents. So it I, I applaud any work of fiction that can bring up topics that are otherwise clickbait or hard to discuss in real life.
1: Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly so but whenever uh, th- uh, one of the things that when we get into season 2 of the Lincoln lawyer we don't know who replaces or who replaced Holder as the you know supreme court judge and I was curious about who replaced her <laughs>
2: yeah I, I don't know if ah. they just figured we'll let it breathe that'd be a surprise do they ever uh, in the books do they ever revisit that I don't think so either. No, mm, probably not. So there you go. I guess they figured, hey, whoever yeah. took her spot can't be anywhere near as bought as and bribed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can't really go back to that well again. So who cares who the new Supreme Court judges? Oh, whatever. totally.
2: <laughs> you knew there was going to be some dirt on both, uh, you know, people who Mickey's defending, but you just didn't know how or where it was going to come up. And then when it did, it still shocked you a bit, I guess, because it was like okay so you didn't do that crime but you still did another awful crime
1: yeah exactly so i still feel bad you're just because you're innocent of one thing doesn't make you innocent of everything else or not guilty of
2: something else right right? doesn't mean you're completely clean
1: (laughs) exactly see that's uh if we're gonna dive into or that's the ending of uh, end of season two which is it was different than in the book so if you guys are any listeners out there you know go ahead and read the books and you can find out what was originally written is is also very fun you know Mm -hmm. there's a fun little ending different differences and everything but i I I suggest if you like the season two is you know go back and read the fifth witness for
2: it's a pretty tragic end though i uh, the, he has that one subplot where he works with the detectives and his ex, uh, to help put this one uh escort in, uh, like protective custody. And lo and behold, you know, uh, he gets a anonymous call from the morgue attendant saying, "Hey, this person claimed to have known you. You were their contact." And he's like, "I don't recognize that name. Oh, it's the escort sex worker under a different name, and yeah, he murdered her." we thought she got away clean like just living at a resort in hawaii and it's like oh no not good
1: yeah she said she was gonna go spend time with her mom in hawaii you
0: <sighs> yeah know,
1: so but then yeah it's i recently within the last month i was re-listening to the gods of guilt because i was hoping that would be a future season of of the lincoln lawyer and obviously season two the end of season two sets up the 26th novel, by the way guys <laughs> what
2: michael connelly's 26th novel in the fifth lincoln lawyer yeah. <laughs>
0: so,
1: but the good. gods of guilt was a great book then i so when i was listening to it i'm like oh yeah because i think i've only read or listened to it like once or twice so you kind of forget all that happens throughout the throughout the book so when i got so when they got to the end of season two and they're setting it up for that i'm like
2: oh that's right i'm like but already come on you know exactly (laughs) um i have high hopes especially when people are just showing now that they really do respect one another and i mean look at the expanse that was two authors under one name you know it was on sci-fi for a few years then on amazon so there you go amazon's figuring it out but Then they hire the lead writer to do what he wants with it, but they were able to make both, much like with Bosch, both the book fans and the show fans happy. Hey,
0: Mick, you're in the hospital. They broke your arm. Nice. Hospitals make me so nervous. They smell funny and there are ghosts everywhere. Arrest for the weary, huh? I don't have time for arrest. Got a trial coming up. They could have killed you, Mickey. I didn't ask for this. I was just doing my job. There's got to be another way to do your job. Safer, more conventional. A lot of things, but conventional, that's not one of them. I am warning you. Do not turn this trial into a circus. Holler? Andy, everything's gonna be okay. Don't let yourselves be fooled. See through Mr. Holler's parlor tricks to the truth. Is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure everything's gonna be fine. If you sacrifice too much for this job, you'll end up alone. It's a terrible Hollywood cliché. Oh you are Mickey Holler, and you win cases. That's what you do. No matter who you're defending. As the jury reached a verdict? We have your honor.
2: And any changes that they made were just stuff they couldn't avoid. Like, let's recast this one actor, or let's write this actor out. He's got a scandal behind the scenes. It works for oh. the story without feeling so obvious like a last minute rewrite. And uh, I, I do applaud both those shows because, again, you you got to watch about three episodes just to comprehend everything that's going on because you will forget something. <laughs> you oh, yeah. Aren't taking notes. Uh, but I applaud uh, just any of these guys for just giving this a chance. And maybe it is good that it wasn't on network TV. It would have been probably too complex or barely lasted a season people are impatient now all of a sudden
1: <laughs> yeah it's like when uh when they dropped the you know 10 episodes and two different time frames you know people were like wait a minute you know but it's like it's not <laughs> even different when you had to wait like when 24 was started up 20 years ago 24 right? episodes um one episode per week i know in like the later seasons they dropped like the first two and in the middle of the season they dropped two and then two at the end type of thing but you know, you had to wait you know so basically you're you're watching 24 episodes in 20 weeks you know yeah so, absolutely and that's if they don't break for christmas or thanksgiving you know so it could be 30 <laughs> weeks you're waiting to watch 24 episodes so i think a month to watch 10 episodes that's a pretty good clip yeah <laughs> uh, it is a good deal and
2: but it's not easy <laughs>
1: yeah I know people are gonna be taking it slow, and that's good. you know, people all watch shows at the different different rates. I like how they did how they did Bosch Legacy last year on Amazon freebie where you got four episodes right away, and then it was right. three episodes of two or two episodes per week for three weeks after that. So at least you got to dive in, get your toe feet wet a little bit, and then you know, And they made it work for each kind of little break at a little cliffhanger. We're like, oh, I can't wait for next week. You know that, you know, people don't get that nowadays where, Mm
0: -hmm. you know,
1: 24. I know I keep bringing it back, bringing it back to 24 a little bit here, but it's like 24. Some of the fans are crossed over with 24 (laughs) cliffhangers. You know, even at the end of the season, you're getting a cliffhanger. So then you had to wait
2: seven, eight months till you get the next season. Uh, Kiefer described mm. it as we were filming two twelve-hour movies, basically each season. Yeah, so I, I believe it. I, I bet, and that that
1: must have had been a been a lot of work. You know, I think
2: they even edited as like movies, kind of like they do anime. I think. So
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So it's it's nice seeing that we can get. You know, it's not a full season dropped in one weekend, but you know, I still enjoy rewatching the episodes because, like I said, you know, it's like sometimes you'll right. miss something or you won't pick up on something right away. Where you're like, oh yeah, I love, I love that shot there. You know, I'm, 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 I'm kind of a, I love camera angles. I love quotes. Right. You know? So just to go back and rewatch this the episodes, it's like
2: you're talking earlier. uh Something that's not just a case of the week, and you know, even the shows that have been on for a long time finally got with the program and said, "We got to have more than just one or two serialized storylines." And exactly. let <laughs> bring this character back; who was a fan favorite, and have them screw up the person's life. And I, I think we're just at the right time of in place to just be able to have streaming as an option because, and just again, this wouldn't have existed on. You know, maybe when network TV was getting edgier, it might have lasted a while. But it's so cool that they didn't have to play office politics or cater to. Well, the producer wants this, and the network wants that.
0: You know. Yep. Exactly. So there was
2: the clash of the minds back in the day,
0: or mm-hmm.
1: in in the business in general, I guess. But
2: and there was that, and then there was. Oh well, we got a writer strike. You know, can you imagine them having to do that in the the second to last rider strike back in 07 uh, i that would have been a nightmare
0: <laughs> no absolutely
2: it would have been okay what do we do now
1: <laughs> was it uh i know a few shows took a hit back then in the 07
2: was wasn't yeah. heroes one of the one of the ones that kind of that prison break even just campy shows were just like beside themselves uh, i mean you kind of even see that uh just with even just even network and other cable tv shows have kind of taken a hit where they're like we got to just i mean jack ryan kind of lucked out because they filmed season three and four back to back because they were like whatever mm-hmm. happens we're, we're ending our show on time
1: <laughs> Ending the show on time and on their terms <laughs> yeah
2: absolutely they after four years you know they they want to move on to the next thing and I, i'm yep. glad that anyone can make that happen
1: yeah, exactly. That's why uh, when Conley first started, when they were first hiring for Bosch, you know, Michael Conley asked Titus Welliver, you know, what if this goes, you know, 10, 12 seasons, you know, are you, are you went <laughs> for the full ride? And Titus is like, I'm here until you don't want me anymore, basically. And
2: Can I bring my son? <laughs>
1: exactly. Brings his kids to work and puts them to work in general. So I think all three of his kids have had uh, roles in the, in Bosch. But with, uh, you know, going back to the Lincoln lawyer here, it's been fun seeing the progress from the characters Mm -hmm. throughout the first two seasons. Because I know in the books, Lorna, uh, her name is Lorna Taylor in the books. It's Laura Crane in the show. I was going to reach out to Ted and ask why the difference, because I think even in a scene in season two, episode one, he's getting emails from Lorna Taylor. Which I think is Lorna Crane. So it, must, it might be like a maiden name, maybe. I don't know. Because obviously her
2: her name's not gonna be Wojciechowski at the end of her Maybe they season filmed three. it before they got picked up and they had to change a few of the Easter eggs, but one still got through. I don't know. Oh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe like some... because
1: maybe because of the movie, but I
2: I don't know. Maybe that's it too. I'm no, sure. that that's true. I I they very well could have maybe wanted to remind everyone, hey. <laughs> Of her thing
1: <laughs> exactly you know but going uh for lorna's character I, I think i when i was listening to a podcast becky newton was saying that it's her favorite project you know it's her favorite character lo- playing lorna crane and you kind of see that you know it's almost like she gets the best lines and you know, always she was busting uh, Mickey's chops about, you know, <laughs> them having a, a relationship with Lisa. And she's like, oh, I, I guess like you're, your yeah. Bongo, you know, because she's based your you're basing her turkey, she's frosting your cake, you
0: Absolutely. know, and then she's like doing her
1: whoop whoop thing. And it's like, I mean, you just love, you, you fall in love with the characters at the same time.
2: And it's a good use of that actress, you know, using her comedic background again. And I mean, both Humphrey and, david e kelly when and their various acclaimed dramas have always just wanted to insert some humor just to settle the mood and just yeah. bring the characters to life and it was just a good breather in mm-hmm. between what was otherwise just a very serious and sometimes frantic thriller
1: yeah exactly because you go from that from the, the, that scene there where Lorna's busting his chops about sleeping with lisa <laughs> and then you get to the end of episode five and Mickey's blaming her for not Stopping copying them. or yeah. not copying or not bringing in the file that has Lisa's life rights that Lisa signed away. Oh yeah. That's and you right. Had, you had them, you know, basically, or, or, you know, Mickey's just saying that, you know, that she's been distracted with her wedding and school and all this other crap. And she's like, wait, no, you stop right there. You know, and, <laughs> and at the end of the conversation, she goes, fuck you holler. And it's like, Ooh, you don't, you don't like seeing that from the characters because you like that that mm-hmm. the, the scene from episode two or episode one where she's busting his chops and the you know she, it's a family dynamic between the two of them. Absolutely, so, yeah.
2: especially so when you get that. Uh, there was that, and then when again the driver uh, Izzy, you know, Izzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kudos to whoever developed her subplot for this. Is like she goes with I gotta do college uh my girlfriend bailed on me so now all the rent i have to pay and yep. then and then yes uh uh lorna's coming in uh and having to help her report yep. her uh just unprofessional uh both the landlord and the uh building owner property owner and
0: yep. property, property
1: manager
2: yep. <laughs> it's like you do this again we will report you and we'll win
1: <laughs> exactly you know, it was fun seeing that they're there for each other. You know, even in season one, you had Mickey having Izzy's back when Izzy yeah. stumbles. But you also had Izzy having Mickey's back when he was at the memorial for Jerry Vincent. And he had a beer and a shot in front of him. You know, Izzy comes in with the coffees, takes, uh, takes his Jerry apple. was
2: the uh,
1: the lawyer that got shot. Jerry Vincent was the one that got shot and killed in the first episode. of Oh, episode yeah, one. yeah, yeah, yeah shoot even one episode that's how mickey holler got all of his cases so
0: mm-hmm.
1: so at the when uh, J- uh when mickey was doing the speech at the bar for jerry vincent and then drawing a blank it's detective Langford. sorry Langford. yes Who, uh, McShane plays you know it was busting his chops about jesus being up in prison you know and then mickey goes to the bar orders a shot and a, and a pint Mm-hmm. And, then, and then it goes, the scene goes, fades to black, so you think when it fades back in, you think it's like two hours later, you know, but it's probably <laughs> minutes, only minutes pass by, and he's bringing in the coffees for him and herself, and she takes the alcohol away from him.
2: <laughs> oh, so, totally. She is watching his every step. She, she's basically doing what I would do with every other person, where just, yep. watch, I'd be the chauffeur, and just watch when someone's about to embarrass themselves. It's <laughs> like, just go home. <laughs> or not
1: embarrass themselves but maybe
0: uh or
1: you, you know for an straight or something exactly you don't want your friends or you don't want your friends or, or uh, co-workers to stumble and fall at any point oh don't <laughs> and then uh you know so you had them helping each other in season one you know i loved how her character was developed in season two with, uh izzy's character not only is she driving mickey around but she's also trying to start a dance studio
0: He's listening she's to a true
1: crime me.
2: podcast and true kind of being his unofficial spy because then, when def- the client Lisa is trying to find ways to pay her bills and her true crime podcaster partner is ripping both her off as well as in affecting yes, the legal case, that I thought that was just really cool. How she's just leaning in, saying, "Oh, uh, boss, you're not gonna like what I hear," and she yep. just played a clip for him. <laughs>
1: Yep, you played know, play the commercial, whatever it is. Yeah, you got to file gotta, a cease and desist. That's right. And because Lisa was going to talk to Henry Dahl, but didn't. So Mickey oh, totally. had to use the legal ramifications of said.
2: And that just built you know, up to our to... anger because, I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough to even listen to some other true crime podcasters. And they've had to, some of them have had to school other people on, hey, if you're going to dramatize this, make more disclaimers or make sure you've talked to the victims or people involved. So, or, or just insinuate, Hey, we added some fiction here, or we're actually trying to tell the story because it really can actually be kind of a le- an additional legal ramification. If you're influencing a still at large case. Yep. <clears throat> and it built up our anger for when, because I mean, they, they show right away in season two. Hey, he's gonna get mugged somewhere in the parking lot, which is also kind of a callback to season one when he was having him and his private eye were spying on a few other shady people, and is like, and then lo and behold, in that season cliffhanger is like, okay, he got mugged real bad, but here's the twist: they weren't even trying to steal his legal files; they were just exactly. basically trying to send a message. That's even scarier.
1: Yep, exactly. <laughs> they didn't need
2: the evidence? They just wanted to cripple him
1: yeah i know in the book he actually the character got it really bad in the book i don't know oh, if really? this was intentionally written i don't know have you read the books or i, I i've only read some, some of the bosch one. books so i mean this no is worries. interesting so in the in the book yeah well they dive in a little bit deep, deeper that's why i love the 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 show because it's not a it's not a two-hour movie where you got to cram a forty. Chapter or fifty chapter book into two hours, <laughs> yes. spanning over ten episodes. It can be what I think. Even the shortest episode of the Lincoln Lawyer is like 42 44 minutes. Pretty so short,
2: it's, yeah. That's what it's I did nice with Lord of the avenues. Rings, where I read the Hobbit exactly. and went straight <laughs> into the movies, and then I revisited the books at a later time period, and it, they're they're pretty much the same, save for like five like key subplots that have been revised mm-hmm. or put in different angles but Mm -hmm. it's cool to just have the apples and oranges yeah
1: but in the book the fifth witness mickey holler actually really gets seriously hurt in fact his left nut gets twisted during that fight when he gets beaten up by two guys in the parking garage yikes so when they so in in season two episode six when uh, mickey was either talking to lorna or maggie he was saying that they were just trying to send a message because they didn't touch my cojones, you know, or something like that. Oh. And I, I thought I thought maybe that was just kind of a, uh, a little bit of play on from the, from the book, at least, <laughs> you know, at least his nuts were left alone, but in the book oh, he, he did, I think it took him longer. In fact, in the book, I think they even had to have a continuance because the court date was coming up oh. and in the show, he was just wanting to get back and get into, get into trial, didn't want any continuances at all. So. Damn. <laughs> yeah, but it's also hard seeing Mickey taking a beating like that. You know, when they smash his left arm, you, you know, know what. <laughs> I, I should ask Ted about how they came across or how they did that. You know, filming that scene, but uh but yeah, you just see him getting attacked like that, and you just feel for him. But the way they came back from that, you know, with Izzy finding him instead of Maggie or Lorna or Cisco,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, Izzy was uh, trying to get a hold of him and was worried. Air, had the uh, navigators air tagged or whatever, so she knew where he was at. You know right. Just to have her find him, you know, and, and call for an ambulance and everything. It was, it's like you see the dynamic between the characters, and I love that because in the books it's there, but you don't really see it. You can read it, type of thing.
2: So. Absolutely, you you get a sense of satisfaction, let alone with how they're all organizing. Yeah, just much like the comedy is there to kind of just uh, give some character moments. Uh, it just the other just moments where they're just recovering in the hospital or even just in their apartment after a full day's work just uh, reminds us, the viewer, hey, <laughs> uh, you might not want to be like live like live large like them, but yep. you are fascinated by their intrigue that they built up.
1: <laughs> exactly. Oh. yeah and then uh since you're not a book reader legal seagulls role in the books are a little bit different too i like seeing him in the show because in the books he's kind of uh bedridden in a nursing home oh really and so in the book in the show you get to see him interacting with mickey out out, out at a tennis court or in a I... restaurant or at the office you know so it's good to see an elliot gold is that how you say his name gold, elliot gold? I, think,
2: I think gold yeah yeah he does an amazing job with that character by friends and um, uh, oceans 11 but yeah he's pretty much and to see him in this and ray donovan recently just is just lovely to see that he can still do the dry drama as well as just the stuck up comedy and it it's just so it, it really needed it it was i love how he's also just predicting mickey's move and saying well only someone like you would be crazy to pull that off. <laughs> yep.
1: Or yeah, where he brings up where even your old man wouldn't have done something like that, or never
2: did <laughs> something like that.
1: Where the uh, where they get the fifth witness to plead the fifth.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so it's a it's a good dynamic with all the actors, all the characters involved. You know, it's like making hit, hit the door running in season one, where he had you know client after client, you know, piling up. After yes, a year, did. year and a half of having no clients. And and then hey. season two, you see how
2: famous he is and he's kind of embracing the fame of it. And the interns want nothing to do with them, but they're like, hey, we need someone to cut it, throws a bone here.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I don't think we even, I don't think the interns even have any names.
2: even. <laughs> yeah, intern one, intern two, and probably extras, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think we hear them. No, we hear. I think we heard like two of them talk in like the tenth episode of season ah, two. Was their voice? But yeah, with all the work, <laughs> with all the work piling up for Izzy and Lorna, they had to they had to get somebody in there to somebody somebody in there to do the work. As Lorna being what a second chair,
2: at, and during the trial in season two, I was glad for that. To see some character progress instead of just, you know, I'm your ex-wife, and I happen to. Manage the firm when you're away is like, okay, that's cool. Cause exactly. You don't want to risk I like a device.
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Cause in the in the book, she's just the case manager. So I think what is it, Lorna being in law school and sitting second chair for this trial. I like seeing that for the character, you know. I don't know if she's gonna adapt. In the books, there was a character that Mickey brought in for the real estate. Um mm-hmm. Actually reminds, just for the Fifth Witness book, uh, he brings in an associate to help with all the real estate um, foreclosures and stuff.
2: It reminds me of mm-hmm. when they adapted Dark Winds, that Tony Hillerman program, and they made a disclaimer. And by the way, we're, uh, we're taking Ann Hillerman, you know, his daughter's new take on the female deputy, because we want that strong version of the character in the show and oh, yeah. kind of what they're doing here i wouldn't be surprised if he takes what they're doing on the show and ups his characters in any future novels
1: <laughs> yeah exactly Connelly. but i mean like i said there's a i think her name the character's name was like jennifer in the books but <laughs> uh um in the for the books he kind of progresses into a, a top-notch lawyer but he got her from uh like a bargain basement college type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but with Lorna, so I, th- I think Lorna might be kind of interpret or bringing into, or filling that character's role in the show,
0: which would be That's fun to idea. see
1: because you'll, you'll see Lorna and Mickey working together more than, than what their characters had been in the books. I would hope, man. <laughs> well, you, you like, you like seeing the main, what is it? main five characters you got izzy lorna
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mickey, cisco and maggie are the main five but you still get the the uh, father daughter moments with mickey and Haley, right and uh the, and then the uh the mentor legal Siegel. <laughs> absolutely so a nice little break from the legal these and legal parts of the show where where you know mickey haller's riding horses with Haley, you know, towards the mm-hmm. end of season two. So, yeah. So it's nice seeing, the, all, and like you said, all these side characters that are coming from other projects, and they're not really side characters,
2: but. And trying to do their yeah. own thing instead of, we want it to be like this or that. Exactly. Uh, I love, is it, what's her name? Yaya Deca-
0: uh,
1: What's her name? The Andrea Freeman? Andrea Freeman, Andrea Freeman. She's the prosecutor in season two.
0: Oh yeah 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 yeah. No, yeah I'm
2: yeah. Uh, she she did great. She did, I I just you want to see that cool legal opponent instead of just someone who just feels like hey, you know, yep. i am here until the end of the season. It's
0: like you know. Exactly.
2: It was nice seeing kind of seeing them
1: butt heads at times, you know, but also what is it? Uh Lorna added up how many straight losses Mickey has had to Andrea Freeman. Yeah. He was very, and, he, and he, even he's like, no, it hasn't been that many. She's like, no, it is. I, I counted. <laughs>
2: yeah. But it's like,
0: you gotta like between him and Andrea
1: Freeman, you know, <laughs> it's like he's, you know, 10 straight losses to Andrea Freeman. And she <laughs> was kind of rubbing in his face at the at the start of the trial or before the start of the trial, even, you know, during the prelims. So it's like, oh, man, you just, you don't want to see her win at the same time, but it's a great actress, great character. So you you can't wait to see what happens in the next scene or the Absolutely. next
2: episode. Uh, the character feels vibrantly alive. and le- I mean, kudos to, again, the cinematography, because we can't s- express that enough, guys. Like, we, we get so sad when we just feel like, I mean, my, my sister doesn't like it when you can tell it's a closed film set, like the characters outside and their hair isn't affected. Yep. You know, we all have nitpicks. Uh my my issue is when it just feels like an episode is filler. Yeah, like it's inconsequential to the rest. I get that that's going to happen in even the best stuff, but like there's even moments where you'll see that in a different movie or show and you're like, "Really? They went there?"
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that I I've never watched the show, but I heard heard that like Ted Ted Lasso does that kind of frequently. There was like a there's a boring filling filler episode and. And, and you don't get that with oh, like, the, the.
2: They they were giving Coach Beard a uh, his own episode where he goes to dance parties and clubs, but I think the reason it divided half the fan base is how they introduced it. Is like, whoa, oh, really? Where, where this can? Where did this come from? But, I mean, Ted Lasso was definitely a complex mm-hmm. fandom, but yeah, I, I think it was a surprise hit because it just didn't catch on right away. But then after like a year of COVID, like people were quoting it. And I think that's the thing. Like anyone can watch it, even underage kids if they want to, because it's not too bad with the language to where it's like, yeah, this is too X-rated. But at the same time, like yep. I-, I think that's an interesting one. It's kind of like if there's people going to come into these shows, Bosch or Lincoln Lawyer, and I think it's just one case and done, you know, you got another thing coming. And I think that's just exactly. it. Like, people watching Ted Lasso. You're not going to watch this for the sports. You're going to watch this for the office comedy and dramedy and behind the scenes. But yeah, it, it is interesting seeing, knowing that something like this can still exist, let alone people can be creative and bring life to a tired genre or subgenre. The Telling me what you know about the books it's even more insightful to just know that where are you going to get this kind of writing again, where the book fans are trying to out what happens and they're satisfied. And then you get a mainstream audience and you can involve them without confusing them to death.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause you're, you're not, you're not a reader of the books, but you love the shows or I mean the, at least the Lincoln lawyer, you said yeah. you haven't read, but you love the show oh totally i've read the books love the books and i love the show too even though there's some times where i see something happening in it in advance <laughs> the uh what was it uh i can't remember the episode but season two where the hammer is brought in
2: oh you know,
1: yeah so when mickey that... comes up to the 11th floor and uh lorna's telling him that the that the judge wants to see them both in chambers and i'm like oh here comes the hammer
2: <laughs> literally there you go hammer time <laughs>
1: And then oh. sure enough, the uh, Greg's Brit no, not not Greg's.
2: It was a good plot twist for the audience. They're like, cause
0: Brian, Briggs anyone
2: who hasn't Briggs. read the books is gonna, you know, we're like, who is this uh witness uh that Cisco is getting from the airport? Oh, it's a dummy that's
1: yep. been Dummy that he's waiting for. See that, that part wasn't in the books, I don't think. I don't think that part was in the books where he's waiting for Manny to show up. <laughs> <laughs> Manny the mannequin. You know, so there's s- so there's new there's stuff that is new, which is fun. You know, it's like the Manny, and then there was uh, there's a few other parts where it wasn't in the books, but fun <laughs> to see something different. But like you said, you don't want a lot of filler parts. You want you want the 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 case or the or the storyline to progress nicely. You know, and have exactly. these little subplots in there as well. So um, was it the episode four? Where Mickey is helping Terrell Coleman's daughter with the vandalism or her art work on the side of the building. You know, uh I
0: didn't Tracy think about and I were that. talking. Yeah.
1: Yep. Tracy and I were talking about that last week when we uh the podcast is out for them. Is the uh is that's the only I think that's the only episode in season two where there's not a court case with Lisa Trammel. <laughs>
0: yeah, they took not a
1: the courthouse. They're taking a breather, but it's in the juvenile court. But you also get the little bit of, uh, of fun with uh, the judge saying, you know, we're, we like to keep it loose in here, you know, you want a lollipop, you know, type of thing. And then I
2: was glad that didn't have get Lisa serious. Every scene. Same thing with the uh-huh. game developer who was lazy yep. too. Is like it would have been just too much. Okay, you've already, wait, we, we already know you're bad at defending yourself mm-hmm. or just in a wrong place at the wrong time just continuously. So let's. You know, yep. now that Mickey has calmed you down and you've said your piece, let's just follow the other guys around.
1: <laughs> exactly. We got the Terrell Coleman. We got Sam Scales. You got the Eli Wims. You know, yeah. Oh, what's your name? The the topless sunbather, you know. So <laughs> you got all these, you know, these other clients. Off-color nicknames. Go-mitters. Yep, off-color. Um, so, yeah, it was fun. To, it's fun to see the see that come to life in the show.
0: Not trying with, to divide anybody. Characters.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's fun, you know, it's a fun show fun characters and you fall in love with all the characters and except for the evil people, you know, you got.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, kudos to much like Bosch, even though it's not a horror show by any stretch of the imagination, it's they do a good job of making those serial killers be freaky.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Or and much like the voyeurism of the city, we still feel like someone's watching over the characters back low alone we the audience feel intrusive when we're looking over their shoulder
1: <laughs> yeah it's kind of like the end of episode of that yeah, season 10 or well, not season 10 season one episode 10 where you got the guy watching mickey surfing on the beach where they show the left arm and it's that tattoo guy that uh yeah that glory dude was talking about in the trial so it's like you always feel like you just said there that that really did freak me out and
2: then it reminded me of the stalker and everything oh that's right of course and it makes sense he would have seen that would have been the first thing he would have seen him if he had been telling him to the beach (laughs) yep
1: well not only that but people were also confused because from the back he looked like trevor elliott you know the the gamer that was the oh yeah from season one yeah in season and, one so you think oh did trevor elliott live and he's you know stalking mickey holler somehow oh, that, yeah that <laughs> he survived he's that also the shot. killer of all these <laughs> prostitutes as well you know it's like boy this guy gets around but, <laughs> but yeah, a different character different uh different uh plot like you said and it was kind of nice how they carried that that over into season two so you had the first two episodes deal with that crossover and then you got into mm-hmm. the lisa bramwell case and then Holy. a few side cases thrown in there as well, too.
2: Uh, so it's another nice. It how about was nice... that one plot twist where we think we're encountering her bitter ex, and it's like, wait a second, that's so not your ex. He doesn't even look like your ex on Google.
1: <laughs> What's that now? Sorry.
2: Remember, Lisa exactly. was claiming, "Hey, my ex can testify." Is oh. like, no, no, yeah. that's not her ex. That's a coworker who's yep. helping her out
0: man how devious do you gotta be
1: if you read the book you see it happening but like i said before sometimes they do change up the subplots or the the plots
2: of
0: i'm sure it's hard for anybody
2: creating these i mean how much suspense how much do you reveal from a cinematic standpoint i mean we were talking about conaghy earlier Uh, uh i do like reading john grisham but uh when i read uh a time to kill i mean it's much like much like the Tom Bombadil chapter of Lord of the Rings is ultimately would be not cinematic because it would be a time waster just showing, Hey, this doesn't work. We're still going to have to save the one ring. That's kind of what you get in a time to kill. It works as a book at adding layers to, Hey, our main character is going to go vigilante. Here's where he bought the gun. Here's how he did this and that to sneak into the court and kill one of his rapists uh, of his daughter. And it's just, and but from a movie standpoint, that would have been like, "Uh-oh, you gave too much away."
0: Yep. Yeah, <laughs> movies and
1: shows—they always want to keep you in suspense, type of a thing. Keep you guessing, <laughs> right?
0: Keep right? you guessing a bit.
2: Stuff that just is very illuminating, but also, you know, it can only work in a book sense. You know, same thing for the TV yeah. show. Like, I'm, talk- I keep going back to Lord of the Rings. There's stuff in Rings of Power, I think, that works there that wouldn't work so much as a movie oh really oh i just the extra like there would have been maybe two scenes involving the dwarves and the elves and then they would gone on to the next adventure
1: oh okay
2: well what they do on rings of power is fine but it feels more like what they might have done in star wars where let's do a big free 60 of all free battles happening at once (laughs) oh okay i'm not not a diss just an interesting perspective of just like how they do that in that format versus there i mean go go to even like uh video games there's stuff mm-hmm. in a video game that will just be too oversaturated and tough to consume and comprehend in a movie you
0: know? oh absolutely
2: <laughs> hence why it's now everyone's jumping on the bandwagon again because they're like hey we can finally find the right people to adapt a video game and have it make sense
1: <laughs> yeah the, uh, the last of us was a fun watch i never played the video game
2: Oh, that's my, a good contrast there. Son. I mean, yeah, I, I applauded that in the the Halo TV show, and some Halo fans oh, I never, were never watched I Halo yet. I
0: haven't watched Halo
2: yet. It's pretty straightforward, but uh, I saw some gamers who didn't give it a chance because uh, you see the character's face and I'm like, see, you can't say this is like Judge Dredd. Like, you you have to get inside this guy's mind if you want to. I mean, they already did it with the Mandalorian, sure, but <laughs> he ultimately still takes his helmet off. You got to show that the character is living and breathing but exactly <laughs> and you just can't please everybody there's some people they they hate it when you change anything at all and i i don't get it
1: i know. i mean like i said they've they've made changes with, from the books to the show bosh slight changes from the lincoln lawyer books to the show but <laughs> i love all the changes they've made doing this you can't have it be the same exact thing or else people will complain that oh it's too much like the book you know
2: absolutely i've seen star trek fans do some of that and i'm like well if they do this or that you'd complain it's formulaic
0: yeah
2: (laughs) you can never win
0: we can't
2: we can't but fortunately all Maybe he needs to be the legal advisor for all these teams. <laughs> oh, there you go. But there's always a, a writer behind the words, right? Type of thing. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: But uh, who's your who's been your favorite character through the first two seasons so far? Oh,
2: definitely Izzy. I just I feel for that uh, just gal just having to make ends meet as a college student, out of work, uh, and much like all these other guys, Lorna and everybody, they you, you touched on it earlier, it feels like a family. And yep. it's it's not like what some shows did where okay, so take for instance, like as an example, like totally different shows. But like Scrubs and CSI, they're a bunch of weirdos who work together. Never mm-hmm. become a family. Then you see other shows like again, Star Trek, even some of the Law and Orders, even Criminal Minds. You feel like they could coexist, and you do see them coexist at each other's resort or private house, yep. and having a heart to heart. The West Wing, another example. Just those guys—you could actually tell were actually talking after the fact, regardless of whether they drove each other crazy or not.
0: <laughs> yep,
1: probably NCIFC, too as well. A little bit of that,
2: yeah. Um, I think I'm guessing.
1: I don't know for a fact. No, so. <laughs> no, they—they
2: they got in. Now with Gary Cole is the lead on that, they they definitely have had a lot more heart to heart, a lot more. I mean, Bosch does jazz so well. Uh, NCIS has been even more heavy on the piano.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I, I've 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 my wife's been rewatching them off of Netflix lately, so it's fun. They <laughs> kind of catching episodes every now and then that I remember, and then a few episodes that I don't. So it's like maybe I should go rewatch you know that but it's like at what season 17 now yeah so. uh yeah uh 20 <laughs> season 20 okay, okay. Yeah. so almost two seasons back even no it's but not- i I, <laughs> I try to i try to catch the big ones. so it's like gibbs last episode you know i'll try to catch the bigger ones and bones
2: was another um, one where not everyone saw every episode but certain episodes for whatever reason i don't know if they just syndicated them a lot someone somehow caught them and everyone talked about him remember that one where he's revealed to be related to the jfk assassin oh my god what a, did you see the one where they're in that one morgue or they're helping that spatial so when people can do a zany episode it is almost that twilight zone moment where you're like "Yep, gotcha
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
2: Except for so like
1: is is your favorite character that's that's good to hear i, I like i've enjoyed her character as well
2: Oh, totally. Cause this could have backfired. This could have been another urchin or college kid who isn't fleshed out. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I applaud the, much like Maddie on Bosch and uh, Mickey's daughter. I, I liked how they didn't spend too long on those, but just enough to where it's like, okay, living and breathing. <laughs> He's yep. learning how to ride a horse. That's no easy feat. <laughs> Well, he's, he, he she's the one learning
1: she's to ride one, a horse. Yeah, she's okay. the one learning to ride. He he used to ride horses when he was growing up. Uh, with the show covers. Yeah, that's I, something I that was. I don't think that was something that was brought up in books. But at the same time, um, Some sometimes they, sometimes <laughs> they write in stuff that Manuel's really good at. So when so he like, goes out and he's hitting tennis balls. Yeah. somebody had seen him posting a video on instagram where he was smacking tennis balls around the court they're like oh let's have mickey holler do that for you know for for a distraction when things were playing out in uh, episode two <laughs> absolutely
2: and i like so, how she even makes that smart ass remark are you here because you had to take me he's like oh ma'am i want to be with my daughter <laughs> yeah exactly Mothers <laughs> are a sorry a lot but this guy ain't no slouch <laughs> he's got time and money
0: Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Uh, so you're doing a banger on the Lincoln Lawyer podcast and everybody counts. Uh, would you care to tease on your Michael Connelly verse? Are you going to even venture out into other podcasts?
1: <laughs> I have no idea yet. I you like, do have I a like good like voice, even, uh, my
2: dude. You're just too close to yeah. it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I do like talking Bosch and Lincoln Lawyer, obviously. That's why uh, everybody at so many shows, Tracy, Pete. Various and, interviews. And Jerry, blessed to have. You know. <laughs> And it's it's been fun working with them. You know, obviously I'm a big Conley fan. Um totally. so for uh so I know we'll be I think I'm gonna be the main co-host for recapping season two for the Lincoln Lawyer with Tracy. Sweet. Um so I'm looking forward to uh recording those in the next what, four or five weeks? How did
2: Tracy? She is awesome.
1: <laughs> yes, Tracy is awesome. I, I I enjoy talking with her, and it's always fun when she has the games towards the end of the podcast episode. <laughs> yeah. it's like she, she really challenges the, the thinking, you know, type of thing. <laughs> it's always fun when playing games because obviously, you know, with me posting trivia for the shows, um, I've been posting Bosch trivia for what, three years going we on. No three need years to do Wordle,
2: just do Bosch trivia. <laughs> It exactly stop me.
1: <laughs> follow, follow me on uh on what Bosch trivia on twitter i got yeah, the, the only uh, Bosch trivia Facebook i know
2: movie. is like what is the uh b movie they find in like season five or six and they're like oh that's hollywood oh, James <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, well, that's police...
0: just good. i love
1: the i love the little uh uh what was it glimpses of of that you know because you had troy evans watching a uh Uh, um,
2: uh, one of the actors of the show for those who don't know yeah
1: (laughs) yeah troy evans got barrels watching a movie at home Uh, it's funny when i post the questions or i I create the questions i I forget about them after months or whatever either way seeing
2: them interact is a blessing that just shows hey they they should do some conventions or panels once this ai scandal winds down <laughs>
0: yeah
1: exactly i'm hoping i'm hoping for that because i know titus and jamie hector were both at a uh con in houston
2: i think about i did hear about that you three or
1: four shared it three or four months back and i it's like oh i really wish i lived closer to texas where i could you know go there but i know i, if you I buy- could
2: go on a it's weekend when like, yeah, that's happening
1: <laughs> exactly
2: i mean i, I got live the, in dallas I have... but i i work weeks against. yeah
1: <laughs> well it's like we're, so we're both the central time zone i'm I'm in wisconsin you're in texas mm-hmm. there so um but it's like but i mean i did get a great day set visit two years ago when i was out uh out in la when they well, were filming you. season one of the <laughs> legacy so it was so it was so cool to meet maddie and titus at that time and right. you know, i got the picture i was I, I almost thought i messed up because uh Titus and Maddie were in the first scene that I saw. Then it was Titus for <laughs> the second scene, and it was Honey Chandler, uh, Maddie mm-hmm. scene, and then um, yeah, I wish I could have been an extra. <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, but uh, but I thought maybe Titus was all wrapped up for the day, so I was asking Ahsokwe if uh, if Titus is still around where I can get a picture with him because I forgot to get a picture, you know, alongside of him. Oh, well, Ahsoka is taking pictures of me meeting Maddie and Titus for the first time <laughs> when we're, when we're uh, in between takes when they're filming the scene at the uh, Village Idiot, uh, which is unfortunately closed. I don't know when. Uh, or when
2: but, at least uh, David Trejo's taco truck is still out there.
1: <laughs> yes, I, I got to try the donut place when I go out there next time. I've I've been out there twice in the last two years. I brought my older two <laughs> kids out with me last year. Um Sweet. We we traded a few iconic moments we went up on a hollywood sign hike where we walked all the way behind the hollywood sign to get pictures of us together so i i would i would have traded that for you know anything but so there's totally. still a lot of places i want to try like you said danny trejo's donuts i think <laughs> he's got uh, a taco place or something too but yeah yeah but uh yeah so there's still a lot of few places i want to try I was hoping to get out there this September with the writer strike going on. I'm like, well, they're not gonna be filming anyway. So what's this? <laughs> Absolutely? You know, I mean, obviously it's not like I'm gonna get a set visit, you know, just by making a phone call, but you know, it would have been it'd be fun to see them all or see them all again. But um yeah, so for, for upcoming pro- podcasts, I have we're uh, Tracy and I recording the fifth uh episode recap of season two this week. Whoop, whoop yeah can't wait you know because it's like that cliffhanger ending was uh, it's it was hard to watch mickey Haller take the beating but i but reading the books you knew it was coming at some point well, <laughs> even watching the first two uh, what is it 30 seconds of episode one of season two you know the beating was coming something's uh, happening
0: yeah <laughs> yeah
1: so and uh but um so, yeah, uh, keep uh, keep an eye open for, I'm hoping to start posting some of the trivia that I've been diving into for the Lincoln Lawyer as well, since we're on the Lincoln Lawyer Please. conversation train. I'll be mm-hmm. posting that on the uh, Lincoln Lawyer fan group page on Facebook and on Twitter for the at Holler trivia, I think it's at. I'll, Absolutely. I'll, I'll send you the uh, the info if you want to promote those. I'll also be promoting Please. those on the the lincoln
2: law podcast promo or anything let me know
1: <laughs> exactly well, I'm so here it's always it. fun talking talking lincoln lawyer and Bosch stuff with you or with that anybody really oh anybody totally i to see listen? so
2: many people who only want this kind of crime show and i'm like i can watch it all i can watch my gangster shows like breaking bad i can watch all these other procedural shows like homicide life on the street and nypd blue mm-hmm. and then i can even talk about both like the shield, the wire you know,
1: yeah, it's always fun to intertwine inter 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 yeah intertwine shows that kind of remind you of previous stuff. I remember when we are talking earlier tonight, yeah, um
2: you can be a star wars guy or you can be a star trek guy, or you can be a Babylon Five guy <laughs> yeah. stargate guy
1: pick your uh, pick your poison what a,
2: pick your it's poison there. it's all part of the same they're two sides of the same coin and in other cases, yeah. they're all on the same assembly line.
1: Well, oh, when you're talking earlier too, about uh like CBS passing on the Lincoln Lawyer, I remember, you know, the show The Sopranos was shopped around to every everybody, every network And now and it's second
2: news. nature. Yeah, you can have a character being when, unethical and yeah. we
1: process this. <laughs> yep, and then when uh, HBO picked it up, they're like, "Okay, let's up the nudity and up the swearing." It's like, I mean, right? I, I think HBO was the perfect fit for a
2: show like It was the, the perfect fit. I know the you guy know? they fired it was like the head of vice president of programming wasn't too crazy about half the hbo shows and he dissed that one i'm like really why no, right. <laughs> own it
1: own it and then and, you kept, uh, was it like some networks that'll pass on a show that'll regret it later on was it yeah. that fox picked up brooklyn, Nine-Nine
2: brooklyn
0: Nine-Nine, canceled Firefly. Canceled after
1: like season six or seven nbc picked it up for a season or two even shows that should have so, never um, been
2: canceled jericho deadwood even oz i could have done maybe Five more seasons of. There's so many shows that even Sons of Anarchy is like. You see people who are cynical about that one, and it's like, well, that was kind of the essence. It was a cynical yeah. show.
1: Yeah, exactly. I I've just started rewatching that. I it's been about three or four years since I have finished watching. Isn't it the wild time how
2: they use the same gangs, the fictional gangs, uh the One Niners from SWAT and the Shield? Do they?
1: Sorry, yeah, I didn't catch the One Niners.
2: <laughs> i didn't i did not know
1: that's interesting that's
2: Mind awesome. blown. <laughs> exactly if, if
0: you <laughs>
1: love the
2: shield i know this is a few years old check out the shattered shield podcast the shattered shield podcast they do an awesome recap of every single episode as well as the comic book and video game and they got to interview creators sean ryan and company and uh much like your show and hopefully like many of the other recap shows they do a good job of just having casual conversation and it's not just whoever saw the episode yeah it, well it,
1: another one like that then is talking sopranos if you like the oh yes yeah if you like the show the sopranos michael imperioli and uh steve charipa oh totally they caught so, up on so much stuff
0: and it all was all episode
1: they break down the the movie uh the, the many saints in newark and actually uh I, 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 so well not as a plug but uh I'm actually going to be seeing them live this Saturday. They're uh Sweet. They're going to be at Mystic Lake Casino in Minnesota up here. For, you know. <laughs> of course,
0: it's a um, casino.
1: Yeah, to have a casino conversation with the Sopranos. I know they've done shows all over the globe. It's mainly on the west, sorry, east coast since the show was taking place in Jersey. But uh yeah, so I, I, I get to see the conversations
2: them, with the Sopranos this Saturday. And you hear them evolve and reflect on their acting choices exactly which is rare because some people are just like look at how shiny i am here i'm like well yep we know you are why how'd you get there
1: (laughs) but but they also do dive into that as well how they got the roles that they got and in uh talking sopranos they actually have a lot of the cast members and behind the scenes production Mm -hmm. crew do interviews with them so if you get a chance those in fact i think they re-edit them and you can actually watch the podcasts on hbo or h or now it's called max but it
2: was HBO. i think so yeah it's changed its name so, uh, more times than prince so for if i do
1: do a re-dive cool. into the podcast i do want to see it because they're going to be editing editing in the the scenes from the show of the scenes they're talking about
2: type of things so mm-hmm so if you get a chance to check out that podcast that's fine. i will try i i've only seen clips of it here and there but it's interesting just that imperioli and company are just they're just ready to talk for hours oh, absolutely uh dad's from the crip is another good one uh that is the head writers that tells from the crip and some super fans they got two different ones but cool. yeah i mean it's just cool to see anyone just do a labor of love and then just be natural storytellers and regardless of even if you remember the episode or have seen it or not it's just cool to see that this can be a recurring podcast you can listen to it anytime anywhere even 10 years from now
1: exactly <laughs> and that's and that's it i mean the Sopranos was off the air for 15 years before they even started up the right the
2: one so what's <laughs> wing weekly was another one There's everybody yeah.
1: Well, you're mentioning one earlier the 24 podcast. 20 years of 24 yep 20 years of 24 because when i was diving into some villain characters i saw that it was uh, celebrating 20 years three years ago mm-hmm. so 24 is turning what 23 this year it's like wow yeah i forgot how long ago that started you know because i was yeah. a fan right from the get-go back in the night there was a 2001 Is that all they pushed back They pushed back the premiere because of nine eleven.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it started in November of November instead of. They lucked out. It was supposed to start in September, but they pushed it back two months because of nine eleven. That's where it was.
2: Uh, They had to make it work somehow. (laughs) Exactly, and I'm glad they did because that show, that show was
1: my, you know, besides the Sopranos back then, that was my, you know, top in my top five favorite shows. Absolutely dynamite!
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I even, I, I've been wanting to rewatch it for quite a while now, but now I only have time to like rewatch a clip from it because I've just seen so many episodes so many times. and It's like, yeah, well, when I get caught up on these 200 shows, I'm starting the marathon yep.
0: again. <laughs> there you go.
2: And that's for 24. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. I'm pretty, I mean, don't get me wrong. I know so many of the characters inside and out. It's just, it never gets old for me. I,
1: I bet. <laughs> well, it's a, like, like we we're talking about earlier, it's a cliffhanger ending every single episode,
0: you know. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but Rarity. we'll probably talk about that on the next podcast, right? <laughs> promise, <laughs> promise. <Yeah. laughs> we'll get there. I'm looking forward to that as well. So, mm-hmm. but to wrap up this uh, Lincoln Lawyer recap uh, episode podcast, I did put together like a what I'm hoping to see in future potential future seasons for Netflix i heard something i don't know if it was clickbait or not but i heard that the showrunner <laughs> has plans for four seasons oh so I'm, I'm hoping there'll be a fifth season because how i want to see it played out is the uh at the end of season two we see the the setup for the gods of guilt
2: i ho- i and hope that is not clickbait i hope that is so legit and they're just pushing too. it around I to me and the... I, I know it's
1: gotten a lot of views and it's been the top 10 you know top five i mean mm-hmm. obviously after a couple of weeks other shows or other movies come out that you know yeah. take viewership. but I'm, I, what i'm hoping for is five at least five seasons because there's five books i'd love to see covered i mean obviously the, there's been three books that have been covered with the movie and mm-hmm. the two seasons of the show so you got gods of guilt hopefully it will set up season three i'd Hope love so, to yeah. see the reversal be season four because then you see mickey haller cross over to be a prosecutor
0: yeah okay
2: and he works with maggie i I did at, read how one of those was the most popular book so that yep. that is cool that if they're gonna i mean it only makes sense i mean
0: yep
2: and look, look at the I'm, flash for instance they took one of the infamous comic books and they adapted that as the movie i don't it doesn't yep. make sense if this is the most popular book you might as well adapt it
1: Exactly. So and so, I'd love to see that for a season four with the reversal, where you see Maggie and Holler working together. And also, in the book, it's Bosch that works as the detective for Holler. But obviously, in the show, it'd have to be Griggs. But we'd see a more <laughs> expanded role for Griggs in that case.
2: Absolutely, I mean, role and his character can grow more than
1: the pages. Exactly, because <laughs> they're they're trying to reverse a uh, a uh, 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 a character that. Get, is getting out of jail after serving mm-hmm. 15, 20 years of a potential life sentence because of some kind of evidence that was found that, you know, was going to reverse hit the, the prison sentence. Nice. So Holler and Maggie worked together and with Greg or it'd be with Griggs, but Bosch in the books, but, uh, and then Good. for season five, I'd love to see the law of innocence come into play. Cause then you get the bad guy from season two here coming back to try to you know try to take out or try to take down mickey holler for for the antics of season two or the book the fifth witness so nice that's what i'm hoping to see for potential you know future seasons of the lincoln lawyer hopefully there's you know like i said hopefully that wasn't clickbait that there is a plan for four seasons i hope they don't go from gods of guilt into the law of innocence because i kind of like to see it play out a little bit longer Mm-hmm. time frame wise but obviously it you never know with with streaming services i know netflix no. is kind of i mean they're not. sometimes they're kind of quick to ax shows even if they
2: unfortunately so cliff,
1: even if they end on a cliffhanger it's like i was a fan of the uh santa clarita diet
2: you know with uh, drew Barry yeah and it's like why do you guys hate stuff. us <laughs> yeah
1: Hey, they end an episode on a cliffhanger, end a season on a cliffhanger, and they're like, oh, we're canceling it. It's like, wait a minute. You know,
0: yeah, don't end just it, a, on a
1: cliffhanger and then cancel it. Make a movie, you
2: know. Sign, send it off. I mean, the Deadwood movie shouldn't have even had to come out that far down the road. It should have been
0: yeah, wrapped the up. The show ended,
2: what, 10
1: years before?
2: Like that? 05. And it was just like, uh, yeah. I mean, it was a good standalone movie, but it was still, it was like, uh, but why? yep can't have but nice always, things
1: every time i bring that up or every time i kind of bring that up with ending ending shows on cliffhangers my dad brings up the show alien nation back in the day uh, there you they go ended Here's on a cliffhanger. then like three years later they put out a movie and then they kind of re- tried to revitalize the show but it kind of flopped now i was really young back then That was late 80s early 90s time oh, yeah. frame is mistaken so Very i was pretty still kind of young that time so i don't i don't really remember that
0: but you
1: know <laughs> like you said deadwood's a good example for a current time frame for <laughs> really
2: if you ever want to do an episode season. on that one let me know
1: <laughs> i've only i haven't even watched the full deadwood show i keep yeah. being told to to and i did start i think i got into the season
2: two feel like that or justified so. i think i mean it's uh, justified is definitely another one where it's like when it came back everyone was kind of pumped because kind of like the shield like it combines uh gritty crime and police work with uh country gangsters and just showing you how everybody's got to get their hands dirty just to- yeah,
1: there's so many shows I gotta watch. Like, I, and I know I rewatch a lot of shows, but obviously you gotta have your go tos. Oh yeah. But, uh, like I said, I restarted watching Sons of Anarchy just because it had been so long since I've since I first watched the show through. <laughs> so, I think the uh was it? So you always get the got have the go tos: Breaking Bad, Sopranos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Bosch, Lincoln Lawyer.
2: <laughs>
1: so, <laughs> it's all there. It's fun to kind of revisit the shows, but then you kind of have to uh, make time to kind of throw in some new ones like oh she, yeah you, I, I did that Deadwood with all the star treks
2: where i, yeah. I have I, I it's basically my custom playlist now where i'm like oh we watching that episode again i've been i've done it twice this one i'll watch again uh this one's a 50 50 <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, i've
0: seen
1: my wife do that too she's she's like i said she's watching ncis and she'll start up an episode and i'll be doing something on my laptop or phone and she'll be like all of a sudden, just kind of skipping through the end of the episode, she's like, "Oh, I've I, I've seen that one too many times, or I don't I don't care for that episode, so she'll skip it." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> fair enough." Back to my phone, so it's all good.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's been awesome talking Lincoln Lawyer with you and Anytime. other shows as
2: well. It's always it's, fun to it's mix fun. things in. It's just more fun just breaking down a show because compared to a movie where you're having to eventually say where a franchise went downhill or got great. You know, like on mm-hmm. the show, you're pretty much illustrating the ups and downs continuously.
1: <laughs> exactly. so It's fun talking
2: and making us just more happy about storytelling of people yes. able to compromise without being shut down by a studio, without offending people, and mm-hmm. allowing all these other talents to bring their creations to life. Even making you want to read a little more, or even look at the scripts, saying, "How did they adapt that?" Thing? paper yeah from page
1: to that's why screen. I always like the uh the interviews that when I so I co-host with Tracy on the podcast for the breaking down of the episodes mm-hmm. but she's usually done the interviews with the showrunners or the co-producers and stuff yeah, and like that so
0: many tidbits it's <laughs> like
1: Whoa. I know I love I love getting those and even sometimes if you like uh, I know that Tracy's act asked uh dalen Rodriguez a couple of the questions that I've posted or I've asked Tracy to kind of Pass along. Mm-hmm. so i know there was the uh i think i mentioned or i think she mentioned to her about my that i love the the sixth street bridge uh shot in the lincoln lawyer season two episode two and then she brought up a question oh it was the uh how do they how do they got the cam- camera angle when they were the first opening shot of season two episode one where you have the pan episode or the pan shot from all the buildings and then they kind of zoom into the, the parking garage.
2: Yes. Oh my
1: God. So she mentioned there was a drone shot. Cause I didn't know if it was a crane or, you know, if it was a crane shot that they got the uh, sky skyline. I couldn't but, tell uh,
2: either if it was a drone or a crane.
1: Yep. But Dalen did, uh, did answer. It was a drone that they used for that shot. Sweet. So and they said, she even said that they kind of used the drones a little bit more in season two. And you kind of, it's like the, um, one of my favorite camera shots from Bosch is in season 4 where Bosch just finds the camera or the <laughs> sorry the phone uh sorry the phone Eli, ah. yeah the, on the, name. <laughs> the phone on Angel's flight um and then you see the the drone shot where it's above Angel's flight you know it, <laughs> it reminded me of the scene where in season 2 episode 4 when Andrea pull, Andrea Freeman pulls the plea deal,
0: mm. and you get the same kind
1: of drone shot above the pedestrian bridge that is being is being used in season seasons one and two both. They got but their notes. <laughs> they got the notes. Um, or they they know what uh, what uh, cinema uh, not people that enjoy cinematography. You know. See, so, yeah, Because I, I love shots of the
2: city and shots And it of, means something as opposed uh, to, hey, a fancy car commercial.
1: Exactly. You know, buy this book or buy this car.
0: But
2: <laughs> so
1: I love the pan, you know, back out shots with the drones that they use for their shows. So to totally. get the overview of things like that. So, yeah, it's been fun talking with you.
2: Uh, wow. Anytime, my dude. It's fun to do these sit-downs and just allow everyone to reminisce on what just moved them as a viewer.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it would be fun to,
1: to hear other people's thoughts too on that.
2: So. I know, man. I, I see so many. is like, I feel like you want to share your voice. <laughs> and they, yes. Come on what's, in. <laughs> what's a podcast? I don't have Zoom or Skype. Uh, just use your phone. I don't know how to use it on my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: That's what I'm using on my phone right now is for the Zoom. So. There you go. uh, I make it work because it's easy. I I mean, I have a laptop, but it's an older laptop, so I haven't even tried Zoom on it because I'm like, it's kind of slow when I'm going from from the show to my Word document to type up questions. Mm. When I get to a part of the episode where I'm like, oh, that might make a good trivia question. Or or when I'm doing the recap, I don't want to risk it. Yeah, 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 so I don't want to lose the connection if so i mean my yeah. wife's got her at her laptop i could use as well but i figured i like my laptop you know it's got all <laughs> stuff on my
0: stuff
2: absolutely yeah all right well godspeed to you out there <laughs> thank you I appreciate it always a blast my dude fun talking we'll return after these messages and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. Follow us
0: on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.